You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. Episode number 1413. I mean, I don't know. Some people enjoy arguing. I'm not that guy. No. Like, I would much rather lead someone down the path yeah. than to go to battle. Because at the end of the day, too, especially with novations, you need their cooperation, you need their respect, yeah. and you need their trust. And if you're going back and forth and arguing with them, it's not like you're saying, I'm going to buy your house. And then, okay, fine. Well, at least you're buying my house. It's like, hey, look, we're going on this journey together. And they need to like and trust you. Because the three things that we offer them are certainty, peace of mind, Mm -hmm. and a hands-off experience. Mm. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. There has been a mystery around one word, and that word is novations. Well, I've got the absolute master in today. Rich Wonders has done over 250 novations, and he's going to break down step-by-step exactly how we can add this to our business. By the way, he's averaging between thirty dollars and $40,000 per deal. Get ready. I'm so excited to bring on Rich Wonders to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, Rich Wonders, <laughs> the king of novations. My guy, Brent Daniels, Mr. TTP. I'm honored, man. This is excited to chat with you. This is going to be real exciting because I want to deep dive how to go about and add innovations to our toolbox. Because listen, as wholesalers, we run across the best opportunities, right? We run across people that truly want to sell their property, but not all of them fit into the box of just a cash offer. And that's really where innovations come into. It really, in my mind, and you you could tell me the way that you frame it so that we can really make this podcast something that people can go out and take some action on. But in my mind, innovations are basically wholesaling to conventional buyers, buyers that can get uh, loan like traditional loans, right? FHA loans or just traditional uh, conventional loans, and don't necessarily have to be cash buyers, which lends us to be working with property owners that their houses aren't destroyed; they're in decent shape, right? Maybe not, you know, totally remodeled, totally, you know, up to today's standards, but that are in decent shape, and they just want more than what a cash offer uh, would give them. So, I mean. What do you think? Yeah, no, you nailed it, right? Yeah. So most of these people that this is a fit for, right? They're they're looking for a cash offer experience. Mm-hmm. There's normally motivation where there's something going on in their life where doing what 99% of people are going to do, which is interview agents, clean up their house, yep. go through that process. There's some other factor that's preventing them from wanting to do that. So what ends up happening is a lot of times they bounce around and they're getting these cash offers that are just you know, 50 cents on the dollar because that's where we need to be to sell to an investor. Right. And basically, we offer them a hands-off white glove experience where we deliver the result on a silver platter. Yeah. So yeah, especially if you're cold calling, if you're doing PPC, Facebook ads, any type of thing that's reaching out to potential motivated sellers, the spectrum of houses that you can now work with Mm -hmm. is like, it's like three or four times fold. Got it. Like a of just cash only off market stuff. Yeah. So, how many novation deals have you done? 
And when, did you, say, and when did you start? A two-part question. Okay. So I started wholesaling January 28th, 2019. Okay. Yeah, I worked for uh, Sean Terry for two years. Yeah. So I did a year with him where we were doing all local in-house. Mm-hmm. And then right before COVID, by a, a stroke of luck or divine intervention, we switched to a nationwide virtual model. Yep. And so it was perfect timing going to COVID. We did that for a year. Me and him uh, ended up parting ways uh, shortly after that second year. And uh, I actually went on my own for eight months. And then I worked for uh, Corey Geary. And that's where I first heard about Novation. Sure. And it blew my mind. I was like, this can't be legal, mm-hmm. right? Like, if this is legal and this is above board, everybody would do this. Yeah. So, like, what's the catch, right? Yeah, and that sure. was my thought. And... I do it quite differently now than how I was originally taught. Like sure. the way I was originally taught was a little bit off kilter, right? Okay. And no shade to anybody else, but it was just, it was not as above board as the way we do it now. Okay. But uh, the beauty of it is for the right seller, you're, you're providing actual real tangible value. Mm-hmm. You can be completely transparent and, you know, they're on board and they're cooperative. But the, the tricky thing is, is a lot of people don't operate that way because the shortcut is to just tell them what they want to hear, which is, I'm a cash buyer. Mm-hmm. And then you try to do the song and dance behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But you can imagine ethically, even practically speaking, if you throw morals and ethics out the window, it creates a lot of practical problems sure. when you do it that way. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing opportunity. And So 2019, you yep. started, you, you got into real estate. And then Novations, you started 2021, 2022? Um, I would say, I think 2021. Okay. Yep. And how many? How many? How which? many? I would say novations. I've done probably over 250. 250. Don't quote me. It's pretty close to that. We're doing right now. We do between me and my guys, we'll do 10, 15 a month. What? And this is, this is all off of JV deals. Yeah. So we'll, I have, we'll get into, we'll get into your lead generation, but 10 to 15 a month. And what is the average? Because the, the issue with, Novation is, and I've heard both sides of this. Some people say you make more than you do on a wholesale deal. And some people say, well, you can kind of make about as much as a realtor makes. So what is your average, like net, not net, but gross profit on a deal? So we won't enter a deal unless we're confident we can make at least 30,000. 30,000. So that's the max allowable offer. The formula is 90% 90% of mm. as-is retail, mm-hmm. as-is retail is the price we can sell it for quickly on the market. Yep. The 10% is for the realtor fees, the closing costs, concessions, any other miscellaneous expenses. Yeah. And then now, some deals that we think we're going to make 30K, we don't make 30K. Mm-hmm. Things go wrong. Right. And then there's other deals, like we have a deal we made 90000 on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a deal we made 104000 on. Mm-hmm. So once you get to the higher price points, there's more room for margin in sure. there. Uh, and of course, the more complicated problems you solve, the, the more opportunity there can be. Yeah. So, so 30,000 and you're doing 10 to 15 a month. Yeah. And keep in mind though, I'm splitting with a JV partner. Okay. I've got my guys I'm working with. Yeah. Right. And uh, I pay them well because they're very self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a big believer of working with A-level players and paying them well. We do the same with realtors. I don't try to cut their commissions or negotiate with them. I pay them whatever whatever the normal thing is in their market. All right. So let's walk through this process, right? I I wanted to lay some tracks here so that people understood why people call you the Novation King and why so many people follow you. 
I mean, you've got an incredible Instagram. You're you're building up your your YouTube. You're doing that type of thing. But but people naturally are drawn to you because you're not trying to you're not trying to make this seem too easy but too hard. You know what I mean? You're showing the real. This is exactly what you need to do to be able to do these deals, right? Which which I love. That's why I love that you're on here. And so let's walk through a process. You've got you've got a property owner that owns a property. Yep. That is in decent shape mm-hmm. and they don't want the as is cash offer. So then what do you do? What's the conversation like? Right. So I've experimented with this a lot. And the process that I use now, I stick very strictly to. Okay. I'm a big, big advocate of optimizing a way to do something mm-hmm. that's going to be targeted for your perfect avatar and then running that over and over again. Sure. So essentially, I take the whole call like a cash offer. Okay. Okay. We don't present this as an option or anything throughout the call. Because here's the thing. They're looking for a cash offer because they don't even know Novation or Concierge Service exists, mm-hmm. right? So you have to close all those doors before they're open for the perfect solution, Yeah. right? So I break it down into three phases, okay? So the first phase, we call the discovery phase. Yep. So basically, the gist of this is we set the stage and position ourselves as professionals, empathetic. I call myself a glorified information gatherer mm-hmm. where there's no negotiation. There's no pushback. The whole purpose of that first stage is to gather as much information as we can about the property, Mm -hmm. their situations, Mm -hmm. their hopes and dreams, Mm -hmm. what they're trying to avoid, Mm -hmm. their timeline, of course, all of that stuff. And we put it all in our back pocket. Yeah. Okay. Uh, The phase two is what we call the anchor phase. Mm -hmm. So in the anchor phase, we have to reconcile their expectations with the reality of what a cash offer, a real cash offer is going to look like. Yeah. Right. And generally speaking, these people are speaking to other wholesalers that are all presenting themselves as cash buyers. Mm -hmm. Right. So if that is the case, we have to scorch the earth with that, because if we're competing against a fake cash offer, Mm -hmm. it's not going to work. And, you know, after doing this for a while, you see like people get actually harmed. Right. When people offer them too much money, they put them through the process. Mm -hmm. And at the end, they either tuck tail and, and run out or They'll whack them over the head when they're backed in a corner and do a massive price drop. Right. And then they either have to start over or they just have to cut their losses. And it's, it's just horrible. you know. And, and the people that it happens to are in very vulnerable positions. Sure. So you know, we basically explained what wholesaling is and how to determine if they have a real cash offer or not. Yeah. Right? If this comes up, I don't do this on every call, but it is necessary because otherwise, like, we're doing them a disservice and ourselves a disservice. So we talk about EMD, inspection periods, right? Mm-hmm. And then we name low comps in the area that are actual real cash comps. Yeah, sure. Now, the real cash comps compared to their expectations are much lower, right? Because yeah. these are actual distressed properties. But the thing is, is to a investor, you know, that's the price they're looking to pay sure. and they have to come to that realization. We name low offer ranges. We never pin down to a price and everything's always deferred to the decision makers. So we don't position our, we're not, we're never directly negotiating with the seller and going back and forth. I see this a lot. You know, I, I, I see this a lot with uh, when we were doing the closers Olympics. Yeah. Right. A lot of people were saying, you know, I got to talk to my finance department or I got to talk to my boss. I got to do that. Ryan, my acquisition manager, I mean, I'm the bad guy always. Yeah. He is building ultimate rapport 
with the the property owner and he's just like i'm gonna try to do my best for you yeah but the numbers are the numbers so i'll at least just let you know and you can make a you know a sound decision on it so uh, for anybody out there listening there is an advantage of of not negotiating directly with the property owner but having you know a, a boss so Absolutely. to speak you know your what I mean? interests are aligned right. you're the person trying to put the deal together and you're advocating for the seller mm-hmm so yeah, it's brilliant, and that's why you see it across. All and by the industries. way, by the way, guys, if you're a single, uh, a solopreneur, and you're out there and you're negotiating with a property owner, you can defer to your cash buyers as your boss because essentially they're the ones financing this. So it's not like you're out there making up something and making up this this entity that's your boss. It's truly the cash buyers yeah. that are determining what the what the price of this is going to be. Uh, at the end of the day. So you can use that as a tool. Don't Absolutely. don't be afraid to use that. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that that goes for a lot of things where you don't have to blatantly lie to get something done, right? There's You never have to. Yeah. Yeah. You there's a way to position everything where you have the same effects, but you're you're still staying true. Yeah. Right. So like with my you know, basically once we go through the anchor phase, we mm-hmm. hit them with the low anchors. Mm-hmm. And if it looks like they're at or close to our range, then we move to what's called the delivery phase. Yeah. So on the delivery phase, basically, we call back. We have a, a slow pitch that builds tension. Real quick, Rich. Yeah. Discovery anchor. How long is this call? Is it one call? Is it several calls? Are you trying to discover an anchor in the same? You know what I mean? Sure, sure. It depends on the seller's personality type okay. and their motivation level. Okay. So – if they're highly motivated, many times those calls will blend together. Sure. Now, if they're not as highly motivated and there's some things that need to happen before they're ready to pull the trigger or there's a, a longer timeline, mm-hmm. then there can be more space between there. Sure. Or if it's someone that's very distressed that during the discovery call, you know, gets upset and everything and they're not in the mindset to go to that next phase, yeah. it's better to let them cool off and kind of reset and then set it up for later because sure. you don't want to like hammer someone when they're when they're when they're in that vulnerable position like that, right? Yeah, sure. So yeah, typically my discovery call it can be anywhere from 20, 30 minutes if it's more like a, a logic based personality, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean sometimes it can go for an hour or more if mm-hmm. there's a lot of complicated issues, sure. or if the person's very uh kind of like uh, social and likes to tell stories. Now, expressives. Keep- Expressive. Yeah. 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 And you have to reel that in at some point too. Like I won't, I generally won't be on the phone for an hour and a half or so because it becomes unproductive at some point. And then basically they're just telling you all their stories. And once they've got their fuzzies out of that, they're kind of done with you and they're not really wanting to talk business. Right. So yeah. And the anchor phase is generally pretty short too. It's maybe 20, 30 minutes, depending on the comps okay. and the back and forth. Yep. So we use the low comps, the condition of the property, Are you, the when situation. You're, when you're talking about the comps, are you showing them this or are you just telling them? Are you I'm, doing like a Zoom and you're sharing your screen no. or you're doing just a call and you're saying, okay, you know, here's here's some addresses of some properties that recently sold in your area, similar size. They're not as good a condition as yours or they're similar condition as yours, that type of conversation? Correct. So okay. there's no Zoom. There's no actually showing them the comps. Okay. But we set it up first where basically it's very important with a comp that it's not what comps you give them. It's what comps you give them that they buy into. Of course. So it's extremely yeah. important. I, I have a process where I set the stage with it where I say, hey, look, the decision makers that you know are the powers that be, they use the 
Fannie Mae appraisal guidelines. They're looking at similar properties that have sold recently in the area Mm -hmm. within normally 10% of the square footage, 10 years of the build, apples to apples as much as possible. Now, these may not be a complete direct comparison, but I'm just looking at some data and I found a few that sold recently. Mm -hmm. And then before I name the address or the price, I name through all the things that are most similar. Mm -hmm. So I'll name the square footage, the bed bath count. So I build it up and I try to build my fortress, if you will, and make it impenetrable. Because if you just rattle off an address and rattle off the price, very many personality types will give you a rebuttal immediately. And even if you prove them wrong, you my house is way better than that. Absolutely. My right? street is so much better. The 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 construction, the builder on my <laughs> on these properties are, is so much better than that property. That property's terrible. I heard that that property was where people were doing drugs, you know, all that stuff. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So I'm a bit I'm a big fan of a low friction sales process. Yeah, sure. Now you can get it done both ways, but just my personality type and my background selling Kirby's door to door. I'm in strangers' houses, right? So it had to be low friction because otherwise they're going to boot me out. Sure. And then now I'm back pounding the pavement looking for my next lead, right? Yeah. So I'm a big fan of it. And it just feels better. Mm-hmm. It feels better if you can, I mean, I don't know. Some people enjoy arguing. I'm not that guy. No. Like I would much rather lead someone down the path yeah. than to go to battle. Because at the end of the day too, especially with novations, you need their cooperation, you need their respect, yeah. and you need their trust. And if you're going back and forth and arguing with them, it's not like you're saying, I'm going to buy your house, and then, okay, fine, well, at least you're buying my house. It's like, hey, look, we're going on this journey together, and they need to like and trust you because the three things that we offer them are certainty, peace of mind, mm-hmm. and a hands-off experience. Mm. So those are our core values, and the whole pitch is tailored towards that. Because mm-hmm. often they don't even, they're not going to articulate that to you. But once you have that understanding, and if they don't want those things, generally speaking, it's not going to be a fit for us. Right. And, you know, if they if they have a real cash buyer too that is paying more than what we can pay, we wish them well. Sure. You know what I mean? It's just not a fit, right? Mm-hmm. So the beauty of it is there's so many deals that this does work for that you don't have to have a scarcity mindset with it. Right. You can just move on because you want the people you work with to be happy, mm-hmm. right? Because they're one, they're going to see how much money you make. Yeah. So they need to like you and you need to give them real tangible value. And two, they're going to go on this journey. And if at any point they decide they're done with you and they no longer want to work with you, there's not really any practical thing you can do to force them, nor should you. Yep. I'm not filing memorandums. Right. I'm not uh, forcing them or strong arming them. I look at if there's ever, in the rare case, a seller that no longer wants to work with me, it's normally because there was a dramatic life change for them mm-hmm. where we're no longer a fit. Or if something was done wrong, right, then that's the other thing. If you let the deal go too long and mm-hmm. you don't execute, you're not delivering on your promises. And honestly, you don't really deserve the deal at that point. Yeah, sure. So we have a lot of uh, safeguards to make sure that we're only working with deals that we have a high level of certainty that they'll close. And the safeguards are just based on your discovery and anchoring? So that's where it starts, mm-hmm. right? Is we're conservative with our numbers. Yep. We don't try to throw spaghetti at the wall. Like yeah. you need an 80% or higher closing rate for these deals. Okay. Yeah, I mean, really you want it as close to 100% as you can. Yeah. There's certain things that you are not in control of, but you need to find those out early. So one thing we do once it's under contract, we call all the realtors that have sold recently in the area mm-hmm. and we interview them and we get their opinion on where they think the property needs to be priced 
for a quick sale where we can get an offer within three weeks or less. Yep. And there are times where either we find out that we made an error in our judgment, maybe that neighborhood is different than the ones we were comparing to, or the realtor gets in there and they find out the condition's different than what was described, right? And there's things that are left out. We handle that early before the property goes on the market, before the seller is committed. Smart. And sometimes it works out. We can make that adjustment to make it work. And sometimes we have to part ways. And really, if you do it the unethical way, which is just proceed forward and wait until you you get an offer and they're under pressure, I mean, you'll get results that way. But Mm -hmm. it's just a really, it's bad karma. You know what well, I mean? it also clogs up your system, Rich. You know what I mean? Oh, when, yeah. you're, when you're dealing with a lot of angry phone calls, one, and this is my perspective, the perspective of, of my team as well, yeah. is when you have any kind of negativity or a property owner that is is unhappy, it like saps your energy. Oh, for right? sure. You're not, in the right, you're not in the right mind frame to then, oh, okay, just got off this call. Let me go call this next lead follow-up and be like top of my game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, just it's just human nature to, to be like, hold on, I need to take a break. I need to like, you know, like exhale this negativity out of my voice so that I'm not bringing it to the next conversation. So it just slows everything down. You want to keep everything as positive as possible. I love that what you were talking about. We talk a lot in the Rhino Tribe about confirming and approving everything. Yeah. If you want to add friction to a conversation, argue with them. Tell them they're wrong. You know what I mean? Sure. But you can confirm and approve and really let people understand that that you're there to support them and to do whatever it takes to help them achieve their goals. You just got to see if it's in alignment with what your business goals are well as well. And if they're not, then you refer them to an agent, you refer them to a contractor to fix up some things. You tell them, you know, maybe you should wait some time or whatever else, right? You yeah. were talking about closing each door. We talk about it. They're on Hell Island. They want to get to Heaven Island and there's certain bridges that they can cross. Well, what bridges have they are they open to? A cash yeah. offer? No, they don't want to take a cash offer. It's too low. Listing with a real estate agent? Well, they don't want to deal with that because they don't want to deal with the showings and the hiring and and, and everything that, that goes on with a traditional sale, right? Uh, do they want to sell to their renter? Do they want to go through all that? Do they want to rent it back out again? Do they want to fix it? All these different you know bridges to cross to solve their problem, right? Right. And so I love that you're talking about that. The way that I see this is this, and, and I just want to simplify this and you can, you can pick this apart. Novation is I go out, I get a purchase agreement with the property owner. I also get the right to market this property on the MLS. Correct. And the difference between what I can sell for on the MLS and what the purchase agreement I have with that property owner, I get to keep. Correct. Is that right? Yes. So there's there's three main documents that we use. Let's do it. And I've been using these same ones the whole time that I've been doing novations. My 300 and I think it's 380 plus community members now yep. are all using these. So yep. I say that to say like they've been tested in the field quite a bit sure. and we haven't ran into any problems. So you got your purchase and sale agreement. Yep. That does have language in there that describes that we're going to, we have the option to sell to a third party. Yep. It's very important. Part of my closing process is we review paragraph by paragraph Mm -hmm. because they need to not only sign, but they need to understand. You have to win their heart and mind, Mm -hmm. and there needs to be a meeting of the minds and an agreement. You can't just have them sign it and then, hey, well, if they don't read it, because here's the thing, they're not going to read it most of the time. You can get people to sign without reading it, but then it's going to cause problems later, and they're going to feel betrayed when you hold them to the paperwork. They're like, I didn't know about that, right? And they don't care about the paperwork. And then 
now you're suing you know <laughs> a, yeah. a seller that's already in a bad spot yeah sure so um the purchase and sale agreement has some specific extra language in there that uh explains our process and then it has a lot of the th- same things of a wholesale contract as well it's basically a modified wholesale contract but yep. it's like a two and a half pager okay uh we have an attorney in fact mm-hmm. that is an authorization to sign listing docs mm-hmm. okay it used to be a authorization to sign listing docs and offers. Right. I do not recommend that. Mm. Okay. If you sign on behalf of the seller, it can run into problems when you do it at enough scale. Sure. And lenders don't like seeing that. Agents don't like seeing that. Buyers agents. Mm-hmm. And it's completely unnecessary. And hey, if you do 100 deals and it only blows up two of them, mm-hmm. which two do you want it to blow up? Yeah. Right. So we only use that to hire the agent. And then the third one is the novation and indemnification agreement. Okay, so this one basically states what their net amount is. It describes that if our third-party buyer is using a loan, they will sign that third-party agreement and replace our original agreement. However, we inherit the obligations of the new agreement and it indemnifies them, okay. right? Because that new agreement, there's going to be inspections required, repairs. Yep. They're going to be required to pay the realtors. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's all these extra obligations that they're trying to avoid. And that document just outlines that they're indemnified from that. They're held harmless. Mm-hmm. And we take on those responsibilities. Got it. So the attorney, in fact, and the novation agreement, we don't go over those line by line because it's not necessary. I just give them a, a short 30,000 foot view of that. And that's plenty. Mm-hmm. The most important thing is going through the actual purchase agreement. Mm-hmm. And sales-wise, it's actually very effective too, because from the time where we sell the sizzle and pitch the concierge service, there's a lot of things running through their mind. You have to sell the sizzle fast, and they will make a loose agreement in their head. And then when you run through the details, that's when they justify it with logic, Mm -hmm. and it gives them time to wrestle with it in their head. But close to 80% of the deals we sign, mm-hmm. it's on that first offer pitch. Mm. And it should be that way. That's the delivery part? That's the you delivery part. Discovery, anchor, now we're getting into delivery. The delivery is Guys, better. get a pad of paper out. <laughs> Listen to this. Watch this over and over and over again. How does this go? Okay. So when we call them back, uh-huh. at the end of the anchor phase, we basically set the hook where one... We get a commitment from them. Okay. Say, hey, Mr. Seller, Mrs. Seller, you know, I'm about to pass this over to the decision makers. You know, they're going to make their decision independent of our conversation, mm-hmm. right? But they'll either give me a formal written offer that we can review together, or if it's not a match, they can at least give me a reason why, and I'll do my best to help you out and at least try to point you in the right direction. Now, before I put them to work, I just want to make sure if we are able to write up a formal written offer and the price and terms work for you and they work for us. Would there be anything stopping us from moving forward with paperwork today? An advanced agreement. Exactly. Yeah. You need to get that commitment, right? Because sometimes you might find out there's another decision maker involved. Maybe they're not a signer or maybe there's another thing that we're not, you know, that we weren't aware of. Well, you want to pull out the objections. Absolutely. Right. You want to pull out any of the roadblocks that are going to stop them from doing business with you. So then you know how to address it. Exactly. And when you lay it out plainly and frankly and slowly like that, Mm -hmm. it makes it very difficult for them to then come later when they get decision anxiety and just throw out a bogey at you. Because here's the thing. A lot of these motivated sellers, they get decision anxiety. And that's how they end up getting these situations is they're not good at making decisions, even ones that are 
to their benefit, yeah. right? And that's how you get in pre-foreclosure and all these types of situations. Mm-hmm. So we get that advanced commitment first. And the pitch is never, let me see if we can get to your price. We don't chase, right? right so right. we play an authority role where it's like, hey, Mr. Seller, I really appreciate you sharing everything with you with me. I really hope we can get an offer approved. Mm-hmm. So getting an offer approved is the win that we're looking for, mm. not reaching their terms, right? Because a real offer is not based on their expectations. Right. Because that here's the thing. That's like like the car sales thing. People hate negotiating mm-hmm. because they always feel like they lost, even when they win, right? Mm-hmm. So if you think that there's room depending on how the conversation goes, they automatically feel disadvantaged, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I basically lay it out as like, hey, look, they're going to make the decision. And if we can, I would love to make this work. If we can't, there's no pressure at all, right? right? So on the callback, uh, the pitch is is slow and it's milk to, meant to build tension and anticipation. Mm-hmm. So it goes something like this, like, hey, Mr. Seller, you know, Really appreciate uh, you know everything you shared with me. You know I did have a chance to speak with the decision makers, mm-hmm. and I'll just kind of lay out what we went over. Mm-hmm. So remember, I was telling you that, uh, you know earlier that we are a creative real estate investment company. We offer a few different options, and the first thing I submitted for was a cash offer. Okay, now with a cash offer, we would be the final buyer. This is the one we can close the quickest on. We would put significant earnest money down. Mm-hmm. Mr. Seller, I'll be honest, I don't think that this is going to end up being the right fit for your situation. Mm-hmm. Now, even though I was able to get an offer approved, unfortunately, it's a lot lower than where you're wanting to be. Mm-hmm. And that's just the reality of it. You know, For a cash offer, they'd be able to do 347000 I know that's not going to work for you. However, the however is really important because if you let that hang too long, they may cuss you out, hang up, get too distressed. So. There needs to be the that that emotional low, but then it needs to stop right there. However, I have some great news. Okay, we have another program. I didn't really mention this because this is one of the harder ones to qualify for. It's called the concierge service. Now, with this program, you get all the benefits of a cash offer, meaning you don't have to pay any commissions, you don't mm-hmm. have to pay any closing costs, you don't have to lift a finger or spend a penny. It's a hands-off white glove experience where we deliver the result on a silver platter. Now, let me explain how it works. From doing so many deals in Arizona, we have all the resources, systems, tools, staff, connections to move deals very quickly, Mm -hmm. right? And if a deal doesn't match our criteria, it may be a perfect fit for someone within our reach. Mm -hmm. Now, they're very selective on which deals that they take on because... We only get paid when the deal gets done, right? And we put a lot of time, energy, and resources into this. I was extremely excited when I was able to get a a full approval for you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to explain all the details right now. I have everything written up in black and white. Your email is still mrseller at gmail.com, right? Okay, perfect. I'm going to send everything over. It is company policy that we review this together. Mm. That way, uh, we can make sure that you get it opened up. uh, And I can answer any questions that you may have. Um, I'm going to shoot it over right now. Now, real quick, Mr. Seller, I just want to clarify something. We're not going to be representing you as a realtor in any capacity. Now, there may be some realtors involved in the process, and you know we have licensed agents on our team. However, they're not going to be representing you in any way. Now, I know you probably don't care. 
you know, as long as you're getting everything you want, but legally it does make a difference. I just wanted to set the record straight with that. Yeah. And then boom, they open up the contract and then we run through everything with the price. We don't skip a beat. We don't ask for permission or anything. We assume that they love it because it's always significantly higher than our cash offer. Sure. So you don't make it cash offer is this and novation is 5,000 more. Right. Your cash offer has to be, if they say yes, you are buying that cash. Yep. You are buying it. Another cash buyer is buying it. And you're double closing. Yep. But the thing's getting done cash and it's getting done quick. Yep. And if that number doesn't work for that, your number isn't a real cash offer. So mm-hmm. your cash offer has to be a real cash offer that you'll move on if they say yes. Right. But yeah, we run them through the whole paperwork. I have third-party stories for each little section. To basically, we run through it, read it line by line, and then I do like a summary and a short third-party story and give a little pause if they have any questions. Mm-hmm. So this is good too because it's a more authentic experience because normally when you're making big decisions like this, there's disclosures involved. Mm-hmm. There's It doesn't just happen, wham, bam, bam, sign this. Here, I'll wait for you to read it and then sign it. Right. Because here's the thing. If you open up the floor right there for discussion, they're going to ask you a million questions Mm -hmm. that would all be answered anyways if you run them through the paperwork. So in the delivery phase, it's essentially a monologue. You want to control that because what ends up happening is they start thinking of all the things that can go wrong. And even if you answer them perfectly in the same way you would answer running through the paperwork, just by the nature of that exchange, it raises resistance because they say, well... That all sounded great, but I need to think this over. Mm -hmm. This is a big decision. Is this guy a slick talker or what, right? Mm -hmm. So if you run it through the paperwork, it will make it much easier for them to make the right decision. Sure. So 80% of the people that do sign will sign right on that first call. The 20% that don't, and that's how the people assign. I'm not saying 80% of people I pitched this to sign, but the people that do uh, will sign on that first call. The 20% that doesn't, is normally a very analytical mind, a very nervous and worrisome person. But Mm -hmm. often you can reassure them with some rebuttals and reassurance where you can make them sign. Because here's the thing, especially with a worrisome person, they're relieved when they sign. Mm -hmm. If you don't lay out the value proposition properly for them, you're actually doing them a disservice because they get off the phone and they just worry and think of every negative thing. But when they make that decision, they feel relieved. There's a release of tension. So sometimes too, there'll be another third-party person that wasn't available and I had to take my shot without them there. Some people just need to sleep on it. Of course, we run every rebuttal on it. And if it falls flat, there's a certain point where if you push too far, it's counterproductive, sure. especially with like an analytical personality. They don't like the salesy stuff. So yep. you have to keep that to a minimum. Yep. But they, you know, when they sign, we assume the, the sale and run through. Assume, hey, we just need your world-famous autograph right here. Click on the little colored box. You have an option of either uh, squiggling in your your autograph if you're feeling artistic, or you can select one of the pre-made ones. They're both equally valid. Just let me know when you have that handled. Just pause, zip Mm -hmm. it, right? And then uh, after they sign everything, then we set the expectations for the next steps. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we let them know, hey, look, we're going to have some people come in and, uh, you know, get some pictures you know, uh, we set the expectations for the timeline. We tell them, hey, you know, if you can spruce things up as best as possible, that will be helpful for us. Sometimes we'll have them send initial pictures and that way we can share those with the potential realtors and get their opinions without having to run a bunch of people through there. Yep. And we also find out what their um, what their schedule's like and what their tolerance is for showings. 
Now, here's the thing though. When you set the expectations properly, your sellers are so much more cooperative. Just think about this. On a wholesale deal, when you're saying you're buying it cash, every time you send someone over there, it's diminishing the certainty. It's like, you're buying it cash. Why do four different people four different times need to come through? Have you not made your decision? But with this, since they understand we're working with a third-party buyer, every time we send someone through, we're making good on our word. Mm -hmm. We're doing exactly what we said. And we have people that initially say, I don't want to do any showings where they're like, well, actually, I'm retired. Like, send them over, like, as much as you can. Like, just give me a call first. I'm normally home. And and they're on board because they trust, too, that we're only going to send qualified people and they're in good hands. Yep. So that's the peace of mind part. So, And you tell them you're putting it on the market. So they learn that when we go through that part of the contract. Through the, through the delivery. Yes. So that's not part of the pitch, right? but that's part of the disclosures. Got it. And we let them know. We say, hey, look, because it, it has it in plain English that we're able to hire yeah. an agent, put it on there. We say, look, we don't do this on every property, but this is just another valuable tool for us to deliver these all on sure. a silver platter. Because about 20% of these will end up selling off market, hmm. right? So if I can sell it off market for close to the same amount of money, and we can get paid faster, save bandwidth and time, and it's still a win-win, we'll go that direction. Awesome. Um, we can talk for hours. Oh, my god! And we're going to. We're going to be doing an action <laughs> workshop, guys. Definitely uh, look for that. If you are not getting our emails, go to wholesalinginc.com and just register for the academy. We're going to be doing unbelievable action workshops this year that you need to be a part of. Rich is going to be coming up in about a month. It's going to be absolutely banana. So make sure that you register there or at least um, get into the Academy and you get a bunch of free downloads, contracts, all sorts of things. So a ton of resources there. And yeah, you know, Rich, we, we, we talk about every seller is looking at speed, convenience, and price, and they only get to pick two. Right. And if they want price, and they want convenience, Novation's where it's at. Sure. It is. Because with a wholesale deal, they want speed and convenience. Right. So they have to go with our price. But this is going to take longer for them to get their money, typically. Right. So especially it's about if a 60-day cycle on es- it. Especially if you're going to be putting it on the market, you're going to be getting conventional financing, there's going to be appraisals, the whole thing. Right? Sure. And so this is another way to be able to do more deals with less leads because you have more expertise in being able to put this, put the, uh, put a novation together. Right. Yep. But people are listening to this and they're like, Oh my gosh, I just want to send rich the deal, have him do it and split it with him 50, 50 on these leads that I have. And that's what people are doing. I mean, that's essentially how you're doing your lead generation is you're such a pro at this, such a master at this, that people are like, listen, you do this, I'll kind of shadow and see what's going on here or not. Maybe they're just sending you leads that they're like, I can't close this as a cash offer. You go do uh, the novations and we'll JV on this. And you're doing this nationwide. Absolutely. Nationwide. You're doing this virtually. Scat- yeah. I- you're not meeting these property owners. Never. You're not showing their properties. Nope. Right. This is all you in your high rise apartment yeah. in downtown <laughs> Phoenix yeah. with a with a headset on. Yeah. Making calls at your desk, closing 10 to 15 deals a month with your team, obviously, because there's only so much capacity that you have. But guys, you could do this anywhere. If you're one of those laptop warriors that, you know, give you a name, address, phone number, laptop, cell phone, and a headset, and you want to make two, three, four hundred thousand plus a year 
I mean, this is something that you have to know. I mean, this is just something that you have to know. You know what I mean? You're doing them in major markets. I I had the stigma that you can't really do this in major markets because they're either going to put it on the market and sell it really fast or they're going to just take a cash offer. There's no kind of in-between there, right? But you're telling me you've done 12 here in Phoenix. Yeah. I mean, we've been we've been going after and and trying to be doing trying to find opportunities for innovation, just just haven't added it to it. So I'm I'm really glad you're in our life now. Nice. This is great. It's my pleasure, this man. Is, this is an great. Honor. Yeah. And so you're gonna be you're you're building a whole business around this. This is your thing. Absolutely. You know, and here's the thing. When I became the self-proclaimed Novation King, I probably didn't deserve the title at the time, sure. right? But I have a I have a passion for working with other people and teaching sales. Yep. And, you know, it's become just kind of part of my purpose. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I love it. And the opportunity is so wild. And especially if you can do it ethically mm-hmm. and you can be transparent and learn those skills. The most rewarding thing for me is seeing other people that were in the position that I was once in mm-hmm. and getting seeing them getting to change their lives. Sure. It's a beautiful thing. So yeah, this opportunity and the other thing Well, you've is, obviously always had money. You've obviously always been well <laughs> off, right? You've, no, always, you've obviously always lived in the penthouse uh, apartment oh, no. in Phoenix, right? No, man. So I was telling you earlier, like I sold Kirby's door to door. Kirby vacuums. That, Kirby vacuums for nine years, slept in $50 a night hotels. Went to places like Albuquerque, New Mexico, and little towns in Utah and up north, and you know, lived check to check. Uh, before that, I was essentially sleeping on the floor at the the recording studio I worked at. Right. Then I was couch surfing. I've definitely. It, it's incredible what real estate and sales and communication mm-hmm. can do if you really dig in and you really take the time and energy. To, to just try to improve every day. Well, people, right people people have to understand sales and, and serving are interchangeable. Yeah. You know what I mean? It truly is. You know, when you're talking about the discovery phase and you're talking about anchoring and, and, and really finding out what is the best solution for them, if it's not the best solution for them to do innovation, you're going to tell them, go listen with a real estate agent. You're going to tell them, hey, listen, the condition of your property, you're going to have to sell it for cash. You know, this is the cash offer we can have, but you can get several different offers and get the most for it. I think if you really go out there with with that servant heart that goes, okay, there's certain people that have personal problems with their property. I'm going to find those people and I'm going to help them out of this situation. And you do that every single day. It is wildly fulfilling. Yeah. And people think, well, it's the sales process and it's it's going through this and that. Yes, that is how you serve these people better. A lot of the property owners that we work with, you never meet, especially if you're doing it virtual. Yep. You have to build this whole relationship over the phone. They've been dragging their feet with their situation for a very long time. They feel trapped and they need somebody to literally pull them out of this, pull them out of this stress and relieve them of that and, and move on with their life and start for, start over and not have to deal with this property anymore. You know what I mean? If you go there with the mentality that I'm going to, I'm going to help this person as much as possible. And in the process of helping them as much as possible, I'm going to learn the sales process. Yes. I'm going to learn something that Rich is, has done time and time and time again, or that I've done time and time and time again, or the, the incredible guests that we have on this podcast or the YouTube channel or whatever else. There's a certain process that if you follow is better service <laughs> for the public, for the people that own these properties. Correct. That's what we're talking about here. You nailed it. You cannot pull the wool over somebody's eyes in a 60, 90 day transaction. 
Yeah. They will buck it. They will kick you off. They will ghost you. They will destroy the relationship. They will not want to work with you. You can't force anybody to do anything. You can't convince anybody to do anything. You can give them their options. You can explain why you think that this is their best option and they make a decision. That's it. Absolutely. We're deal finders, not deal creators. That's it. Doesn't mean we can't be creative, but if people don't want to sell their house, we're not going to convince them otherwise. So what you're talking about here is people want to sell their house, but they want to have more convenience and more price. And so you say, hey, listen, Mr. Mrs. Seller, if you sign this purchase agreement with me, this is what you're going to net. You give me the ability to go hire the best people to get the best offer, and I'm going to make my profits on top of what you want. It's almost like going to a dispo company, disposition company, and saying, Rich, I don't have a buyer for this. I locked it up for 150 I want 165 Anything on top of 165 is yours. Nobody has a problem with that. Yeah. Nobody. I mean, some people might. I, I don't want to. I don't want to. You just, shouldn't have a problem. I, I, I don't want to make a blanket statement. But <laughs> the truth is, like, if you get your fifteen thousand, then you're in, you're happy. So, and that's the that's the mentality that the sellers have. That's what you've done two hundred fifty times, and uh, you get to do it on the market with properties that you never would have gotten with a traditional cash offer, cash buyer. You need to open the pool of buyers to conventional buyers that are getting loans that are going to live in that property. Or they're going to own it as a rental, but they're getting conventional financing. And the only way that a conventional bank is going to do that is if that buyer is on the contract. And that's what innovation is. Innovation is a replacement of a contract with another contract. So it's just between you and you and the seller. And at the end of the day, on the settlement statement, it has what's the proceeds that are going to the seller and the proceeds going to your company. And it's all funded from the buyer and the buyer's bank. Correct. And it's not an assignment. Yep. What is the actual line item? Say? Generally, it'll be marketing, maintenance, and repair. Okay. Will will be what most title companies put it. It's not it's, like net proceeds agreement. Or it'll sometimes like it'll sometimes be like that. It depends state to state. It okay. depends title company to title company. Is there any state you can't do this? Is there any state that's like you are not allowed to novate contracts? <sighs> So Hawaii is kind of like a whole other country when it comes to real estate laws. Yeah. I haven't tried one there, yeah. but I don't know anyone that's done it. But other than that, we've done them in Illinois. Yeah. We've done them in Oklahoma. Well, there's another thing. I mean, you don't need a license for this. Correct. Right. Correct. Because you're in not some areas you need it. a you need a license to assign contracts. Correct. Not a lot, just a couple states, but yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal tool in the toolbox. And I'm seeing more and more companies really transitioning from a wholesale model to a novation model. I really am. Once you get the pitch down, once you really understand the avatar and really really understand the process and get your ducks in a row, which is what you teach, yeah. you're unstoppable. I mean, you're, you're, you're going to find deals that other people can't. And the fact that you're doing all your deals from JV – like my mind's going banana. I'm like, oh my gosh! If you if you master this, then people are just going to bring you deals oh, because incredible. they don't they don't know how to do it. I've had to slow down my JV, and I've had PPC companies that want to give me leads, and I'm like, right, I'm running out of bandwidth. Let's talk in a couple of weeks. You know, I'm training but, some new but guys that's, up. That's like what this feels like to me is the mid 2000s, maybe early 2000s when. There were I, I had never heard what wholesaling was. I just yeah. heard bird dog. Yeah. Right? Bird dogs would give 
get, get a certain amount to to get it over to investors and the investors would pay them to find the deals yeah. instead of just locking it up themselves and selling that deal to the investor, which has totally changed in the last five, 10 years. Now people understand what wholesaling is. I feel like this is the first part of that trend going to Novations. I mean, we kind of felt it a couple of years ago. We kind of felt it going. I didn't think that, it, you know, there, there's some really good approaches, but I didn't think that it really, it, it was really sticking and I never knew anybody that's done 250. Nobody. I mean, Corey Geary talked about it, but I, I just haven't been, you know, he was a part of the Rhino tribe. I mean, he was part of TTP from like 2018 and now he's in crypto and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah. But I mean, you're the guy. I appreciate You're the that. guy. Appreciate it. That means a lot. The, Nova- you, my the Novation King. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Listen, uh, guys, Rich was, he was sleeping on the floor at a, a music studio and then he was door knocking, selling Kirby vacuums and then um, found an opportunity in real estate and totally changed changed your life. Isn't yeah. it the best industry ever? Oh, my gosh. I feel so grateful and blessed. Right? And that's one reason why I love the JV deals, too, because it's like it's serving multiple purposes. Yes. It's, it's a business model that I love because I have no risk, low risk. It helps the other people put them on because these are leads they don't know what to do with. Yeah. They send them to me as a last resort, right? Yeah. If they had a way to monetize it, they wouldn't want to cut me in on the deal, right? Yeah. But it's beautiful. And it's also been great for my business because I leave this wake of people that I've worked with that say, hey, I love Rich. He's mm-hmm. been great to work with. Yeah. He got me paid on this deal. That's one way I've been able to kind of blow up my uh, like my platform and everything and serve more people. Love it. Uh, so yeah, it's been a blessing, man. I, f- I feel grateful every day. I wake up, I got to pinch myself. Yeah, I'm like, right. man, my beautiful family. I like when I started, I was so afraid that I was going to fail. Sure. Right. So, so afraid that, and I had my baby on the way. I was the sole breadwinner. Mm-hmm. Like there was, there were some dark times, even working for other people. Like sure. things weren't, you know, I had this vision of my mind that, yeah, hey, we're going to be working hand in hand and, you know, they're going to, you know, do everything for me. And it doesn't work that way, right? Yeah, I had the tools I needed, yep. but it was up to me to make it happen. Right. So. And you did. Man, it's been a beautiful journey, man. And your your beautiful family and uh, your wife's name is Star Wonders. I mean, that's the greatest <laughs> shout out to Star. Yes. I mean, absolutely incredible. So um, how can people find out more about you? Yeah. So the best place to find me is on Instagram okay. at Novation King. Uh, if you want to work with me and my team, they can do uh, novationjv.com. We have our criteria awesome. on there, our splits, and awesome. all the info. And uh, they can join the Rainmaker community at uh, novationking.com. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for being on here, Rich. Yes. We're, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to do an action workshop with you. It's going to be absolutely bananas. Bananas. And uh, we'll, we'll deep dive even more because we could we could go for hours and hours and hours. And um, But uh, guys, definitely check out all of Rich's resources. And that is it. That is it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for participating. If you have not subscribed in on um, for the podcast, make sure that you do. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure that you hit the subscribe button. And if you could rate and review this podcast, that really helps us out. It really helps us know that um, we're doing a good job and giving you the information that you need to go out there and find some great opportunities. And you're interested in joining the most proactive group in real estate investing. It is the Rhino Tribe. Go to wholesalinginc.com and check out what it's all about. Wholesalinginc.com. And that is it. Rich Wonders, everybody. Make sure that you reach out. Make sure you give him some love on his Instagram. And uh, I will see you on the next episode. I'll sign off as I always do, encouraging you to go out there and talk to people. Till next time. Love you guys. See ya. 
That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.